One and all, welcome everybody back. We know baseball. We know baseball pod- podcast, part of We Know Ball Media Group, collection of podcasts, right? We know ball in all spectrums, but specifically today and on this show, we know baseball. That's my specialty. My name is Ryan. Appreciate you guys tuning into episode 42 of the We Know Baseball podcast. Episode 42, shout out Jackie Robinson 42 any and every time I see that number it's the only thing I think of got a good show for you guys today a week later still holds true man we said it with the last episode still holds true the real teams the legit teams the teams that are built for sustained success are having that exact thing sustained success Right? The Dodgers, the Braves, the Astros. And the other teams that are not built for sustained success are not having that such thing. We'll go through the divisions uh, east to west, American League to National League, starting as is always the case American League East, Baltimore Orioles, 91 and 53. Got to 90 wins. Good for them. Baltimore, three-game lead over the Tampa Bay Rays. Rays are 89 and 57. Toronto is 80 and 65. And at the bottom of that division, the Red Sox and the Yankees are battling it out for last place. Battling it out. Both teams are 73 and 72. They are eliminated from winning the division. And they're both seven games out of the wild card. We'll go to and through the wild card here shortly, uh, but we'll keep going through the divisions because it keeps it organized for us as we cover all of these in the American League Central Minnesota Twins. And by the way, today's September 13th. Let me make sure that's on the record and clear to go. September 13th. Minnesota Twins 76 and 69, seven and a half game lead in the American League Central. They will be winning the American League Central. They will go to the postseason, and they will lose in the first round. But Twins fans, you know, I mean, it's cool, right? You get into the tournament at that point. I guess you never know, but you do know, and you know that the Twins are going to get bounced in the first round. Cleveland, 69 and 70. So Minnesota is 76 and 69. They are, what is that, seven games over 500, plus 72 run differential. It's pretty good. Like they, It looks like a pretty solid, you know, five seed, four seed in the playoffs. The rest of the American League Central is at least eight games under 500. And Kansas City is 45 and 101. What? Sheesh, dude. AL West, Houston Astros, 82 and 64. Texas Rangers, 80 and 64. Seattle Mariners, 80 and 65. Houston Astros lead the Rangers 
based on the fact that they've played two great two more games than the Texas Rangers Houston has and they won both of them so Houston is 82 and 64 Texas is 80 and 64 so in the last column they're at the same number and the Mariners are only one game behind each of those teams in the last column I like the Mariners the Mariners look fine they got hot put them into a position where they could compete for the division at the end of the day Go ahead and just lock in Astros to win the AL West. That's what it's going to be. It's how it always works. Mariners potentially in second. Talk about the Texas Rangers here for a second, okay? 80 and 64, plus 151 run differential. Uh, they've been playing some pretty decent ball, you know, throughout the year. But we talked about as things started to. Mm, cool off for them let's just say since the all-star break maybe or since august started it is exactly how it goes every year the only difference is with not only the texas rangers this season but baseball as a whole i think this season the new pitch clock the new pace of play the different speed of the game and everything else considered, right, the youth and and all the different factors going into the new wave of baseball starting in 2023, it's allowed for teams that are probably outperforming their roster and their ability. It's allowed for teams that are playing above their capabilities to maintain that high level of play for longer because they just stay hot longer, games, games go by quicker, Players stay hot when they probably shouldn't, right? You saw it with the Arizona Diamondbacks earlier this year. Uh, you saw it with the Miami Marlins earlier this year. You saw it with the Cincinnati Reds earlier this year, where it's like, oh my God, they're on fire. And then they like stay on fire for three weeks, as opposed to the old style of baseball or just pre pitch clock, to be honest, where a team that's hot. That's not super talented or young or just like kind of flu like a team like wins six games. The Diamondbacks of 2023 take their roster. The Diamondbacks of 2023 this year, they would win like six in a row. And then that turns into 12 in a row or went turns into like 15 out of 17 this season because of the momentum, because of all the things that are going on, the pace of play guys continue to stay hot. Pitchers continue to pitch well, you know, and then they end up in that 15 to 17, like they beat, they take like two out of three from the Dodgers. And then they, you know, uh, take two out of three from Philadelphia, like teams that are definitely better than them, but they, they maintain that momentum because of the pace of the game itself in 2023 last year, or just pre pitch clock D backs would win like six in a row. And then they play the Dodgers. And then like, they would lose two out of three because the guys in the Dodgers are better than they are. And the pitchers would be able to slow the game down a little bit. You know, hitters would be able to slow the game down a little bit. And the guys in the D-backs lineup that got hot for six games would, would cool off a lot quicker. Okay. So you saw early in the year with the new pace of play and the pitch clock teams in baseball in 2023 were able to get hot and stay hot for longer because the pace of play was quicker Guys were playing 
more frequently, getting up to the plate quicker, all the different factors. Saw that with the Texas Rangers, right? The Rangers got hot to start the year, and they stayed hot for a lot longer than they probably would have in the old style of baseball because the new wave and these guys were ready to go. No doubt about it. Seager, Simeon, Jonah Heim, they were all ready to go, locked in, on time, in the box, and they were putting up video game offensive numbers. Video game. On the flip side, they had DeGrom. They had Yavaldi. They had Andrew Heaney. DeGrom goes down. Ovaldi bounces on and off the injured list. And Heaney bounces on and off the injured list. And next thing you know, when you lack a little bit of pitching depth and you also don't have a very good bullpen, you start to slide drastically. And just exactly what the Rangers experienced at the beginning of the year, which was just hot, on fire, unstoppable, momentum, 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 pace of play, speed, can't slow this freight train down. These guys are flying down the tracks. Now they're getting that exact same feel on the opposite end of the spectrum. And the Rangers are suffering from what they took advantage of early on in the year, which is pace of play. Things are moving quicker, harder to slow down momentum, not just in, in single game, but over a stretch of a week. And next thing you know, the Rangers go on a lose 17 of 19 skid like, whoa. And it's because they didn't have the bullpen pieces to come in, slam the door. They didn't have the starting pitching depth to come in and slow momentum down, come out, put out a good performance. And it was looking like the Rangers were going to just walk away with the American League East. But the Astros are a team built with depth, built with young talent, built with minor league uh, supplementary pieces if they need to call guys up. Now the Astros overtake the Rangers. The Mariners are about to overtake the Rangers. Rangers, if they're not careful, could go from having a double-digit division lead to potentially missing the playoffs, which would be insanity. But it wouldn't be that crazy because you looked at their roster, you notice right away the bullpen wasn't great, the pitching depth wasn't quite there. If those guys, if the, the starting rotation didn't stay healthy, the no, there's no way the Rangers would be good at all. Their offense carried them for such a long time. Now the offense comes back down to earth a little bit. The pitching gets exposed. Next thing you know, it is just a free fall from the top of the AL West to, whoa, we might miss the playoffs. And that would be crazy. Crazy. I hope they can get in because I like their lineup. I like their hitters. I like their guys. You know, Simeon Seeger just at the top of the order. Corey Seeger is just so sneaky. Like he's, and we'll, we'll, we'll get into Seeger. Because we're going to go over the stats here, and we're going to talk about a few different guys. Uh, in the AL West, to wrap it up there, Angels 68 and 78. Oh, this is another thing we wanted to talk about. So, Angels are going to miss the playoffs. Angels did not trade Shohei Otani. Haven't had a healthy Mike Trout. Haven't had an, a healthy Anthony Rendon. Haven't had anything from anybody ever on that team since they won the World Series in 2002. There's talks about Mike Trout getting traded from the Angels. Oh, they should trade him. Oh, they'd be open to trading him. Uh, they should have traded him already. And they should have tra traded Shohei Otani. 
Could you imagine the return the Angels would have got at the trade deadline this year if they traded Shohei Otani and Mike Trout? They would have at least theoretically set themselves up for such an excellent run of championship years in four, five, six, seven years from now with the prospect hall they would have got back. They would have dumped Otani and Trout to whoever would have been willing to take them. The return they would have got would have opened up and extended a championship window in four or five years when all those guys come up. That would be so unprecedented. And the return they'd get back would have been insane, astronomical, would have set them up for success. But instead, they act on emotion and not logic. And they don't recognize or realize, dude, we just don't have it this year. We don't have the pitching depth. We don't have the offensive production that we were expecting. And instead of getting rid of Trout and Otani, which, yeah, that would have been a massive move, but it would have been easy to justify because the return they would have got back would have been insane. Insane. And what do they do? Instead, they go out and they go... They get... Aggressive. I couldn't find the word there for a second. Instead of trading Trout and Otani and making a smart business move, they do literally the exact opposite. They keep both of them. They go at the trade deadline and they become the most aggressive team. They trade for like six dudes. And guess what? It doesn't pan out. Shocker. Now the Angels are screwed because they gave up a bunch of guys to go crazy at the trade deadline. It didn't pan out. Now their depth is at an all-time low. Their farm system stinks. Otani's gone. And Trout doesn't want to be there because he knows all this. So it's not like they're trading Trout at a high-value price, right? I know he was injured this year and this and that, but the Angels did what is the ultimate death wish for any team. And that was to hang out in the mid section of the league for a number of different years, have one or two talented pieces, hope they have a pop year, find themselves in the playoffs and this and that, maybe have a magical run at the postseason. That's not the way to sustain success in any sport, let alone baseball. And then they panic. They go all out crazy mode at the deadline, trade away all the young controllable talent for short-term rental guys. Those don't pan out. Now they're all gone. They put them all on waivers two weeks later. Otani's going to walk. Trout isn't healthy, doesn't want to be there. And they're stuck with this monster contract for a guy like Anthony Rendon, who apparently just doesn't speak English anymore. Like, what a joke the Angels are. And I, I just am curious who in that organization is ultimately going to be the one that's held accountable. Because they've had a couple of different GMs. They've had a couple of different managers. And I think ultimately it's got to be the ownership. They have to be the ones answering the call when people are asking, what the hell are the Angels doing? Because I don't know. 
I don't know what they're doing, man. It is, it's buzz. It's the most confusing thing I've ever seen. Sucks for those guys. It, it really, it just, it sucks for Angels fans. That's about it. It doesn't really suck for the players that are cashing these checks, right? Uh, but yeah, brutal, man. Brutal, brutal, brutal situation in Los Angeles. Oakland A's, bottom of the division, 46-99. Oakland A's suck. And that's a team. Talking about confusing. Woof. Moving on to the National League. As we get another sip of uh, our beautiful iced coffee over there. National League East, Braves are 95-50. and 50. They have already clinched a playoff spot. I declared the Atlanta Braves 2023 World Series champions. Obviously, lots of pushback. Obviously, I'm being partially sarcastic and just trying to make fun, right? But I declared the 2023 season over in the Braves champions. Everybody comes out of the woodworks. Dude, don't you know how the playoffs go? The best team never wins it. Okay, that's actually a decent point. But does the best team in a lot of uh, recent years past have five dudes that are going to hit 40? Does the best team in years past have a guy hitting 50 homers and a guy going to go 40, 70. I'm telling you guys, everybody, like I come out and I talk about the Braves and everyone said, I'm glazing the Braves. And I, I get it. I get it. I'm not a Braves fan, but what I am is a fan of good hitting and good baseball. If you want to watch just a clinic, turn on a Braves game at any point, the rest of the year and into the postseason and in the world series. Cause that's, that's where they're going to be when it's all said and done. Just watch how the Braves go about their business. And I know I've already spent enough time talking about how amazing the Braves are, but I just don't think it really is getting enough run. I mean, they got rid of Freddie Freeman and they got better, dude. What the heck? How? How, What is going on? They got rid of Freddie Freeman. And the next year, the guy that they traded for to replace him and then ended up signing long-term for less than what they would have had to pay Freeman hits 50 homers. What is going on? What is going on in Atlanta? How? How are they doing this? I declared them world champs. Everyone freaked out. Everyone says, oh, the best team a lot of times doesn't win the World Series. That's partially true. But all those other frames of reference, all those other number one seeds in years past, I promise you their offensive numbers are nowhere close to the Atlanta Braves in 2023.
It's crazy. I talked about Olsen, right? We know their team is amazing. And the other thing we have to talk about is Ronald Acuna Jr., okay? Because I know he's a part of the he's a part of the Braves cog, the Braves machine. But if Ronald Acuna Jr. goes 40-70, it, it's got to be in the discussion for maybe the greatest offensive season ever. Because you have those other guys back in the late 90s and 2000s. I'm not discrediting him, but the 60, 70 home run seasons from the big boys, from McGuire, Sosa, Bonds. You got the... 60 homer season from Stanton recently, 50 plus homer season from Pete Alonzo. A lot of those guys have historically amazing offensive seasons, but it's all home run based. Acuna's going to pop 40 and he's going to steal 70 bags. 70 bags. Now, I know it's a different wave and it's a it's a new I, I know it's a different game with the pitch clock and I mean, it's pretty obvious that stealing bases is easier than it was before. I totally get it. That's why 40-40 was so rare. I get it. But there's also guys that were just elite base stealers. Ricky Henderson, Billy Hamilton, D. Strange Gordon. I get it. But Acuna going 40-70 it, it it's got to slide into top 10 offensive seasons in the history of baseball. It has to, man. It has to, man. It has to slide up there. And the guy's out of his mind. Thirty-seven. Okay. Oh my god, dude. If I, it, oh my god, if I went on MLB the show, and I I created a player, right? Maximized all of his attributes, and and I set the difficulty rating to rookie. I actually still don't think I'd be able to pull off the same numbers that Ronald Acuna Jr. is pulling off right now in real life in the major leagues. The guy is going to hit 330. He's going to have 40 plus homers, 100 plus RBIs, and 70 plus stolen bases, an OPS over 1,000. It hat, dude, dude, it has to be. One of the top 10 greatest offensive seasons ever. It has to be. I don't care about the pitch clock and bases being easier to steal. I don't care, man. Hitting today is harder than it's ever been in the history of the sport. And catcher's arms are better. Pitchers are quicker to the plate. Velo's higher. And he's still going to steal 70, man. And if it was so easy, if stolen bases were so easy, then everybody would have 50 plus. But they don't. And nobody's going to have 70. Nobody's going to have 40 homers and 70 RBIs. Nobody's going to hit 330. Like, dude, uh, dude, why is there even a conversation that Mookie bets, oh, he might be the MVP too? 
Dude, get out of my face with that, bro. Get out of my face. I'm not even a Braves fan. And I love Mookie. I think he's an amazing, 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 amazing baseball player. But Ronald Acuna Jr. is having, like, historically one of the greatest baseball seasons on the planet we know as Earth itself. It is unfathomable how incredible his season is this year offensively. It's crazy, dude. Dude, it's crazy. All right, I'm done with the Braves, man. I can't, it like almost makes me mad talking about how good they are. They are, they're insane, dude. 95 and 50. Uh, they're 45 games over 500. Philadelphia Phillies are second in the NL East, 79 and 66. They are a good team. Phillies look good. Um, do I think they have the magic in them this year that they did last year? I guess that is to be determined, right? You got to see how teams show up there in that first few games uh, in the postseason. But Philly, 79-66. They're going to make the playoffs good for them. Who knows? Maybe they make a run. Uh, but... Atlanta's the team to beat in the NL for sure. Marlins, game and a half out of the wild card, 74 and 71. Playing decent ball, not a threat, but I mean, hey, good for the Marlins, good for Kimming. Um, you know, looks bright, looks bright in Miami. Mets and uh, Nats are at the bottom of the division. They both stink. Uh, National League Central, Milwaukee Brewers are 81 and 63. They keep just chugging along, playing good ball. Stick it or, you know, last 10 games, six and four. Like, that's the MO for the Milwaukee Brewers right there. Last 10, six and four. Team ERA is going to be in the top 10, top eight, top five. Offensively, they're not going to score a ton. Look at the run differential. They're at plus 50. It's not ideal. It's fine. But as you look down that division, the Cubs are 78 and 68. They're four games behind Milwaukee. The Milwaukee run differential is plus 50. The Cubs run differential is plus 97. So it's like, which one would you rather have? Would you rather have the offensive juggernaut? Not juggernaut. Hold on. Would you rather have the offensive production from the Cubs lineup? Or would you rather have the three-headed monster at the top of the rotation from the Milwaukee Brewers? I don't know. Brewers also just like gave up their like president of baseball ops i think to the mets david stearns uh i don't know what that's about but i don't know much about it so i don't want to talk on it if i don't know much about it but weird kind of a weird thing i don't know reds are 75 and 71 under the cubs uh they're a game out of wild card not a threat but again similar to the miami marlins things are looking up you like what you see out of the reds like all the young guys getting the calls up, uh, 2024, 2025, 2026, look out for the Reds. Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, fourth and Cardinals fifth. Cardinals woofing their way through the year. Last division to talk about here, the National League West. Dodgers, 88 and 56. They've had a 13-game lead on the Arizona Diamondbacks. Plus 178 on the run differential. 
They're going to win the division. D-backs are 76 and 70. They would make the playoffs if the season ended today. Good for them. Not a threat, but hey. The one thing I will say about the D-backs. They got one thing going for them. I think that a hand, you know, some of those playoff teams maybe don't have. And that is if the D-backs, you know, get into a playoff series and it's a mismatch and it's a team that's better than them, Atlanta, the Dodgers, uh, Philly, you know, what they have is a true ace at the top of their rotation to give them maybe grab a W in that first game of the series. Because Zach Gallon is nasty, dude. He's a good pitcher. He's a good, good pitcher. He's definitely a bona fide ace. Uh, you know, then after that, it's like, who do you go to? But I like that, you know, I mean, for them. And uh, yeah, things look pretty good for them moving forward. The Giants, 74 and 71, uh, probably going to miss the playoffs. They came out, I guess, a couple, like a week or two ago and basically publicly acknowledged uh, that this five-year plan that they're going to be rolling with or were rolling with didn't work out. Uh, and that includes important factors like the manager, uh, the GM, things like that. So they may be moving on from those pieces, and that's very interesting. Uh, but at least they're, you know, being transparent about it. I mean, that's all you can ask for as, you know, if you were a Giants fan, that's all you can ask for, for them to come out and go, we had a five-year plan. It's been five years. We've hung around a couple playoff appearances, but ultimately didn't really get to where we wanted to be. So we may be altering course, changing leadership, which is interesting. Uh, Padres, 78 and 68. They are... Uh, in fourth, Rockies are 52 and 92. Um, yeah, and then just going through the stats. I mean, again, I know we've been going ballistic about the Braves. I know uh, the Braves. Um, you know, the Braves are nice. Um, and they, yeah, I mean, they're really good. They're really, really good. <laughs> I think... It's interesting to me as we look here through the stats, okay? I wanted to see if there was any other news, uh, any other news related in the world of baseball. Um, Trey Turner could potentially, it looks like, steal a bunch of game or steal a bunch of bases and not never get thrown out. Um, Mariners, yeah, it's just. I don't know, man. For me, it's, 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 uh, you know, I think, I think more than anything, as, okay, we'll look through the base of the player stats real quick. And then, um, yeah, we'll do like, we'll do like awards, right? I think that's what we, that's what I wanted to do is kind of like, you know, who's the, uh, you know, MVP and stuff like that. So, American League MVP is going to be, it's going to be a tricky one, uh, because you've got Otani. Um, he's got his 44 homers. He's got his OPS way up there. He's pitched a lot, but he's also going to miss like an extended amount of time. Like he's continuing to kind of, you know, when it's all said and done, he'll probably have missed, I don't know, close to 35 or 40 games. Do you give an MVP to somebody like that? Uh, my sources say just because the American League 
offensively doesn't have a, a ton of dudes that are going to challenge him with the numbers he's put up. I think Otani still walks away with the MVP. I mean, he's got a 1066 OPS, 44 jacks, 95 ribbies. I guess he's coming back to play uh, just as a hitter, right? 304 batting average. I mean, he's, you know, I mean, it's a great year. It's a great offensive year, borderline MVP to begin with. And then you throw in the pitching numbers, and obviously that probably puts him over the edge. Curious to see how the voting looks, though, because you look through here. Kyle Seager, Corey Seager, not Kyle. Kyle is retired, but the brother of Kyle, Corey. Corey Seager on the Rangers. He's missed a few games, man. He's been out for a while. He's about 35, 35 to 40 games behind his constituents in the MVP race. But he's rocking a 1059 OPS with a 341 batting average and 20 homers. 30 homers, excuse me. 30 homers, 89 RBIs. You know, so... Let's take his at his um, games played out of the picture for a second. Look at his other stats. He's probably going to finish with 34 homers, 100 RBIs, 335, 330 batting average, over 1,000 OPS. Like, I don't know. Is that enough? Probably not. But then it's like he didn't play a ton of games. His hits... His cumulative stats are going to be below a couple of other guys like Kyle Tucker, Yadi Diaz. So, yeah, I'm just I'm curious to see uh, where these guys end up. But, yeah, ultimately, uh, you know, interesting. And I think Otani ends up winning uh, MVP. We talked about the National League MVP already. OK, so Mookie has the highest OPS in the league. OK, I get it. I get it. I get it. 1018 OPS. But then you got Matt Olson at 10 1.007, Acuña 1.001. So you got three guys that are just a smidge over 1000 on the OPS category. At that point man, you're just you're splitting hairs. Um Mookie Betts has 164 hits, Ronald Acuña has 196 hits. Acuña has more games played more runs, more hits, uh, more triples, more stolen bases by a ton, higher batting average, higher on base. Uh, the only thing where Mookie may have eclipsed him is because he's got fewer at-bats. He's got 39 homers. He's got more doubles, but they're all close. I mean, 37 doubles for Mookie, 32 for Acuna. 39 homers for Mookie, 37 for Acuna. Uh, 103 RBIs for Mookie, 97 for Acuna. Now, I think Mookie's been hitting leadoff most of the year, but again, so has Acuna. So those categories, the RBIs, uh, you know, that kind of stuff, it's interesting. Uh, but I think just, man, when it's all said and done, it's like all these are pretty close. RBIs are close. Doubles are close. Acuna's got more hits, more runs. Like, it's all, like, pretty comparable. Walks are about the same. And then you look at the category of stolen bases, and Acuna has 65, and Mookie has 11. I mean, so there you go. I, I think I think that's the deciding factor. And the batting average is, I mean, 333 to 311 at this point. 20 points of batting average. It's a ton, dude. Uh, going down again, the OPS leaderboard, it's Mookie, Matt Olson, Acuna, 
Freddie Freeman. I mean, that's just nuts, dude. That's crazy. I mean, like. Like, there's, like, those four guys, and then there's the rest of the league. Like, they're nuts. They're crazy. Um, but, yeah, I think ultimately, uh, I think it should be Acuna. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens, eh? Uh, last thing I want to talk about here, um, yeah, is these, is, these, is these couple of teams, right? Uh, the teams that stunk. We've already dogged on them enough. Yankees, Mets, Padres, uh, so on and so forth. Um, now, what's crazy to me is what's going on with these teams. How do you explain the Yankees, the Padres, the Mets, the Cardinals, all these teams with high aspirations, wildly underperforming, as the season starts to dwindle down, all of a sudden, all these dudes are just dropping like flies off the IL, whether they're rookies or they're veterans. Something is going on with a handful of these high payroll, high profile teams, and the way they're conducting their business in terms of handling injuries and risk assessment and things like that because you get a lot of fluke injuries you get a lot of you know exposure injuries it's just why why is why are like why is like Aaron Judge hurt for so long and then like Josh Donaldson is hurt for just like so long and the Yankee like that's what I was, I, I'll, I'll summarize it like this. You see the Yankees, and it's like Judge gets hurt for a while, and then, like, Donaldson, but then, like, Stanton, and then and they call up the young guys, and, like, they all get hurt, and then, like, Jason Dominguez gets called up and plays good, but then he gets hurt for a long time. Padres have Machado with an elbow injury, Bogarts has had a wrist problem all year. You Darvish has an elbow bone chips. Like what What's what's like, what's going on? Like what, what, like, are we like misdiagnosing injuries or like, like, do we not see these coming at all? Or like, what's what, what like, what, what, what's happening? Does anybody know? Like, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's very, very weird. It's very weird. It's like all these guys are hurt. But it's also like, shut them down. Shut them down, man. Seriously, shut them down. Yankees, Padres, Mets, Cardinals. If like you guys got, you know, Goldschmidt on the Cardinals, Goldschmidt, Arenado, whatever. Like, yeah, those guys want to go out and play and stuff, whatever. But like, I am making it a point. I'm pulling it. I'm pulling aside Nolan Arenado. Dude, do not lunge for the bag to try to beat out a ground ball. Don't. Like, literally, just don't. Don't do it. Do not, on specifically running down the baselines, do not give it 100%. I'm serious. To mitigate risk, dude. You have to. Judge, Stanton, Padres, you know, Tatis, 
Bogarts. I don't know, whoever, right? I mean, their whole team's garbage, but yeah. I don't know, man. It's just weird. The injury thing's weird to me. I don't know what's going on, but I don't know. Either way, guys, episode 42. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Be sure to check us out on social media at We Know Ball Sports, Instagram, and TikTok. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, greatly appreciated. My handle on Twitter at Ryan Knows Ball. We know ball pod. Uh, we know ball media group. This episode was the 42nd of the We Know Baseball podcast because we know baseball. And in a broader sense, we know ball. Episode 42, guys, baseball only show. We know baseball. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed it, and we'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace out. Let's-